The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online, from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media. And we're joined by Yerika in the studio. <laughs> There's a lot of grounds to cover. Yep. <laughs> Starting with uh, K-pop. Yeah. So, I mean, tricky times, mm. tough and, well, let's be honest, bleak economic outlooks. Expert numbers were not too strong. However... K-pop albums apparently hitting a record high as far as exports go last That's year. That's right. So uh, Korea's exports of K-pop albums hit a brand new high just last year. Uh, various limitations that were caused by the pandemic continue to push up demand for physical albums. Isn't that fascinating? Not too long ago, I remember just thinking, will physical albums become obsolete? Even as a collectible, yep. that felt like a really niche thing mm-hmm. to do. But apparently it broke records last year. Yep. Let's talk about the specific numbers. Yes. Yeah, so K-pop album exports hit $233 million last year, which is up 5.6% uh, compared to the previous year. Mm. Uh, the figure is higher than the previous record of $220.8 million in the year 2021. Mm, and you think we're going to zag, we zag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the driving force behind the surge in K-pop albums export? That's, I don't know, seemingly random. Yeah, you know, according to experts, uh, overseas K-pop fans, for <laughs> sure, uh, they purchased uh, albums to show their support for their favorite stars because they were unable to see them ah. in person at concerts and other live events and festivals because of the pandemic. Okay, so my theory stands. It's the fan base driving yep, the sales. Definitely. But how much of it, mm-hmm. it, it comes into question last year, they thought, okay, I can't see any of my favorite artists in person. They were deprived of uh, experiences, so, <laughs> so they, they, they purchased down? <laughs> uh, albums instead. Gotcha. Yep. With these kinds of fans, right? Uh, now, K-pop album sales has already been on the rise, it yep. seems. A steady incline over the last few years. That's right. It crossed $100 million in 2020, and then the following year, $200 million. That's a two-fold increase over the course of one year. I mean, that's not just diehard fans, that's maybe the relevance of K-pop. Maybe Perhaps. a stronger yep. presence, we mm. can make that educated guess. Okay, so then which country <laughs> imported the most K-pop albums last year? Japan. Okay. Uh, total imports amounted to $85.7 million. China and the United States followed. Uh, China imported $51 million and uh, the U.S. imported $39 million. Now, rounding out the top 10 included countries like Taiwan, the Netherlands, Thailand, Hong Kong, Germany, Indonesia, and France. It's really tough for me to make any sort of generalizations with that. Right? It's pretty evenly spread out. That's right. Now, top boy groups and girl groups that dominated music charts last year appear to be the main drivers <laughs> behind this trend. Uh, these boy groups and girl groups include big names like BTS, Stray Kids, Seventeen, uh, Blackpink, New Jeans, Ive, Espa for girl groups. Ever heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't even know why I bother with this question because any <laughs> loyal listeners know exactly the answer. But what? which <laughs> K-pop album was the most popular uh, in 2022? It was uh, BTS's anthology album, Proof, which sold 3.5 million copies. Oh, uh, trailing closely behind was Maxident by Seventeen, uh, their EP album. Oh, I, I, 
by Stray Kids. Mm. It's their seventh EP album. Uh, that one sold 3.2 million copies. Ooh. Now, Seventeen's Face the Sun and Blackpink's Born Pink sold 2.9 million copies and 2.5 million copies respectively. Not too shabby. Yeah. It turns out amongst these veterans, relatively yes. speaking, there's a brand new group who was uh, really successful. That's right. I've, uh, <laughs> they were one of the rookie sensations of 2022. They ranked 10th on the chart by selling 1.6 million copies of its third single, after like I saw one of the girls from I've uh, conducting an interview and she uh-huh. said that last year alone they topped the charts maybe 36 times yeah. that's that's insane for that's a right. rookie girl group mm-hmm. so there you have it K-pop is here to stay yeah <laughs> I don't remember the last time we actually really talked in earnest about an artist selling over a million copies mm. of their albums like physical albums mind you 30 million oh I'm sorry 3.5 million yes <laughs> <laughs> it might be an entirely different conversation <laughs> if I added one more zero there. But anyway, you're right. Um, I've got to say, the fan base kind of blows my yeah. mind. I mean, how many albums did you actually buy mm. as a diehard fan of BTS, Blackpink, I've? Mm-hmm. Right, let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Staying in the, the Korean pop culture sector. So the Critics' Choice Awards saw a lot of Korean actors uh, grace the red carpet. That's and right. some to comb some of the biggest awards. Yes, yeah, so the original series, on Apple TV Plus, uh, Pachinko mm. has won the best foreign language series at this year's Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, this is the fourth time for a film or series in the Korean language to win a Critics' Choice Award. Mm. Uh, the series beat eight other nominees at the ceremony in LA that was held on Sunday local time. And uh, one of its competitors included another Korean language series. Extraordinary Attorney Ooh. You know, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Park Geun-bye on the red carpet. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, okay, so... I read the news that she was on her way <laughs> yeah, to L.A. to okay. participate in the, the award ceremony. But I mean, there she was. We talk about the popularity of it. It's so significant yep. that people love the tree, the fictional tree. But there, there <laughs> you go. Right. A, a great year, or a start to mm-hmm. a year for Pug and Bean. Uh, Pachinko, going back to the big winner at this year's Critics' Choice Awards, is, is based, based on a best-selling novel of the same title uh, by Min Jin Lee. She actually frequently visited South Korea last mm-hmm. year. Uh, it is an epic saga which tells the story of a Korean immigrant family across four generations. It's shown and told from the perspective of the family's matriarch. If you haven't read it yet, it's a pretty solid <laughs> yes, read. Yes, that's right. Now, a large part of the series was filmed in the Korean language, right. but there was also Japanese and English as yeah. well. Uh, it was released in March last year. It was really popular, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, it was l- praised for its beautiful cinematography, its dynamic story mm. of a family spanning four generations, like you mentioned. Mm. Uh, the series was named one of the best TV programs of the year by the American Film Institute last month. Mm. Uh, it's been scoring several wins, in fact, mm. at various awards ceremonies, including the best breakthrough series for a long format that's over 40 minutes mm. uh, at last year's Gotham Independent Film Awards. Okay, so, I mean, it, it was a divisive topic when it was first told that it would be turned into a TV series yep. because uh, the original book had such a big attached fan base. But it, it turns out that it, it's quite mm-hmm. successful, the TV series. All right, let's talk about this award ceremony particularly, the Critics' Choice Awards. It was my entire childhood. I uh-huh. mean, there was so much buzz around yeah. this. 
Uh, it's presented by the Critics' Choice Association to recognize the finest cinematic achievements. Yes. And it is comparable to the Globes. That's right. Um, the first Critics' Choice Awards was held back in 1996. Mm. Uh, the win of Pachinko at this year's uh, ceremony has again shown just how much... The global audience is paying attention to uh, Korea-related content mm. or content made by Korean creators in recent years. Uh, Bong Joon-ho and his Parasite won Best Director and Best Foreign Language Film back in 2020. Mm. Minari and uh, the young Alan Kim uh, <laughs> clinched the Best Foreign Language Film and Best Young Actor Awards in 2021. The Netflix series Squid Game and Lee Jung-jae, uh, they won the Best foreign language series and best actor in a drama series awards last year in 2022. I think that's kind of remarkable. Yep. Three years in a row. Yeah, exactly. Because e- well, four years in a row now. That's right. Yep. You're right. You're in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do math, Lena. Okay. Because it's, I mean, even when Parasite was grabbing all these important awards, mm-hmm. a lot of us did watch with a little bit of skepticism that it, it might will be. This, uh, w- w- will something like this repeat yeah. itself? Yeah. Can, can we keep the attention of, uh, well, well, let's be honest, uh, rather stringent (laughs) set of audience, especially North America. just the fact that there's just so much content out there these days, it's really, you know, it's really hard to keep the attention of uh, the audience. I know a particular producer, I won't name who, who likes to watch TV dramas Uh uh, in 1.5 speed. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't actually sit and watch the whole thing at the time. It was designed to be watched uh-huh. in. But anyway, to each their own. <laughs> Lots of content, size to blame. Yeah. You know, director Park Chan-wook's uh, con-winning film, Decision to Leave, was also nominated for, uh, ah. you know, Best Foreign Language Film. But the trophy actually went to an Indian action film titled RRR, mm. or Rise, Roar, and Revolt. It's oh. the the most expensive Indian film ever made. Okay. Apparently, it's an action film. It's a lot of politics. That it's supposed to be really interesting. my attention. Yeah. <laughs> most expensive film ever to be made in uh, India. That's yeah. pretty exciting. RRR is a title, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final buzzword mm-hmm. because we're quickly running sure. out of time. So, you know that saying, I think yeah. it, it does translate into English. Like, leave when you're at the top of your game. Yep. And while everyone when everyone's applauding. Still celebrating That's you. Right. Uh, Park Hang-seo's five-year coaching stint in Vietnam is to come to an end. Yeah, it was a very successful tenure. I mean, we, yeah. we've talked about him so many times <laughs> on this uh, segment as well. His stint with Vietnamese men's national team is coming to an end at the end of this month Mm -hmm. on January 31st. Okay, so we have known for a while that the end of his journey was nearing. That's right. right. So in a statement on the Vietnam Football Federation's website back in October of last year, uh, the governing body said both sides would not extend Mm -hmm. their contract Mm -hmm. when it expires and the decision was a mutual agreement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Park's final tournament with Vietnam was the AFF Championship, which ended just yesterday. <sighs> Vietnam lost, unfortunately, 1-0 to Thailand, who are now the seven-time holders of the title. <sighs> uh, Park has been quoted by the South Korean press as saying, 
quote, I think the best way to describe it is a beautiful farewell. He's, he's very emotional. Uh, well, why wouldn't he yeah. be? And why wouldn't the team be emotional? That's why wouldn't right. the Vietnamese fans be emotional? Yeah, you know, he thanked his players, of mm-hmm. course, uh, the Vietnam Football F- uh, Federation mm-hmm. and the Vietnamese people for their endless support during his time in Vietnam. He said that although his uh, tenure is coming to an end, he will continue to dedicate himself to supporting the Vietnamese football team. Uh, the 65-year-old coach has often expressed his love and dedication to bridging the relationship yeah. between South Korea and Vietnam ever since he was first appointed in 2017. I don't know if we were expecting this out of his tenure, but look at what he achieved. That's right. So he started back in October of 2017. And since then, Vietnam has enjoyed remarkable achievement at both under 23 and at senior levels. Uh, the country won the 2018 AFF title, their first victory at the time in 10 years. Mm. Uh, They reached the quarterfinals at the 2019 AFC Asian Cup, Mm. uh, matching their best performance at the top continental tournament. Uh, Vietnam also reached the final Asian qualification round for the 2022 Ah. FIFA World Cup. Uh, You know, Park became a hero for heading the national team to its first Southeast Asian Games title in 60 years back in 2019, Mm. successfully defended the title in May of last year. And, you know, his his accolades just, you know, there's a whole list. So (laughs) (laughs) but we just want to say, you know, a a job really well done. We can really see his passion, right? Yeah, I think so. Emotions. uh, It's still very much raw, it Mm -hmm. seems, at this end of the tenure. But I mean, it's a moment to celebrate, it seems. I think so. Thank you very much, Erica. Pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.